you're only as good as your last program and the last the moment that you start to coast on your past successes uh, and achievements is the moment you start to die so I never really look back it's always like okay what's coming up next Welcome back to the green room, everybody. I'm, uh, my name is Goose. I'm hanging out here with uh, my buddies Ed and Chris, like always. And today we got a very special guest with us here. It's uh, Alan Cross, all the way from Oakland. Am I getting that right? Oakville. Oakville. Oakville, sorry. Yeah, yeah I knew it wasn't Oakland. I don't know what I said. <laughs> and, not, and not Oakville, Manitoba. Oakville, Ontario. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's right. So you are a Manitoba boy yourself, right? Yeah, originally from Stonewall, actually. Stonewall, cool. So do you miss Manitoba? Um, I do in the summertime. In the wintertime, no. <laughs> for, for a lot of the obvious reasons. But, you know, once you get into... Once the lilacs start to bloom in June and you start to get into the Red River X season, um, it's, it's pretty sweet. Uh, I was hoping... <laughs> come out be able to make it uh oh somebody's at my front door disregard um <laughs> but you know the summertime it's 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 wonderful if you have a, a one of those summers where it's nice and dry the mosquitoes aren't too bad and uh temperatures are you know in the middle 20s for the most it's 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 wonderful yeah i mean uh i grew up in mexico and, and that's one of my favorite things about here is the summers are just special in manitoba there's something great about it yeah, because they're so short. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that way you have to push yeah. everything you can to enjoy them that's fully. Right. Yeah, yeah, in about uh, in about three months, that's all the time you got. That's right. <laughs> Do you come visit often, Alan? Um, three times a year. Three times. So the last time I was there was January. Oh. Wow. Um, but I will probably be there at some point, um, maybe in July. My parents are coming out here cool. in August, and then uh, I'll probably be there October, November. Awesome. Sweet. Do you have something? No, you go ahead. Question. <laughs> Everybody's got questions for you. So yeah, we have go a few. Ahead. I'm, I'll answer the best of my ability. Well, the first one we have here is, uh, who is one of the most interesting uh, musicians that you've interviewed or you've had the pleasure of meeting? Well, they're all interesting in their own way, but there are always standouts. Mm -hmm. uh, you hope that the people that are superstars are going to be nice people. Uh, Bono was the easiest interview to do because all you have to do is say, hey, how's it going? And that's it. <laughs> you don't have to say another word. Uh, when David Bowie was around, uh, he had so much charisma. It was amazing because he made you feel for the time that he, you had him to yourself that you were the only person in the world that mattered. And he was a, he was a fantastic interview and a, and a tremendous gentleman um, I really enjoyed my time with him um, Eddie Vedder was a really sweet kind of guy um, I'm really glad to hear that I'm a huge yeah fan. <laughs> no you, you got to be again you don't want to meet your heroes too many times because they could be dickheads yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I tell you that that you want there's, there's only two cases uh, two situations where you want to interview a dickhead and that's when you're talking to one of the Gallagher brothers no. you want to be jerks and i can honestly say they do not disappoint that's awesome that is oh, that's awesome. crazy that, that is... but that's what you want that's what's expected you, you hope that you're going to get some abuse from these guys because if they turn out to be normal and boring well how much fun is that and yeah. what's the point right yeah yeah so um 
the reason I want to tell you a little bit about why or how I got hooked on your podcast, actually, the ongoing history. Um, you did a, a history on Blink-182, the three-part yeah. series, and oh my goodness, like I haven't stopped listening to your podcast since. It just, oh, I'm a big Blink-182 fan. It just, it blew me away. There's so much data that you found that I had no idea about, and it was very interesting to me. Good. So what... Did you start the ongoing history of new music or was that like a radio station program before you picked it up or? No, it was assigned to me. Uh, the way it went was back in 19, late 1982, the radio station I was working for was undergoing a change in management. There was real concern that the station was going to flip from alternative music to country music. But then they looked around, they saw all these bands like Pearl Jam and Nirvana and Smashing Pumpkins and Soundgarden, and they decided, no, no, we're going to stick with this, we're going to ride this wave to see how far it goes, but we really need to do a better job of educating the public about what we're doing here. So one of the things we'll do is create a one-hour documentary program, and that program will be entrusted with explaining where this music came from and why it's so important. We're going to call it The Ongoing History of New Music, which is a terrible name. <laughs> uh, and they looked around the, the office and they found one guy with a history degree and that was me. And they said, well, this is what you're going to do. And I said, um, I, I don't want to do it. And they said, well, okay, fine. Then you're fired. Ooh. Wow, that's harsh. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty harsh. So, uh, you know, I just got married. I just built my first house and okay, well. What are you going to do? I guess I'm going to do it. And uh, it upended my entire life for the first year and a half. But uh, it turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to me. And the guy that made my life miserable by assigning me this program is now dead. <laughs> so, uh, it, it all worked out for the better. So how many uh, episodes are you on already? I just this week finished 825. Holy wow. smokes. <laughs> That's amazing. Wow, that, yeah. See, and I remember when I first moved to Canada, oh man, 05, and... I just happened to stumble upon it one evening and I didn't know what it was called. I didn't know who you were at the time, but I just remember it when, when a friend of mine pointed it out um, a couple of months ago now. Um, it used to be on, or it still probably is on Power 97 in, yes, in Ottawa, yeah. right? At, on Sunday nights or something? Yes, it is. Yeah, so that, oh man, it's just so cool. So you had a history history degree so how did, how did you end up in radio then <laughs> i well that's not as strange as it sounds i was uh, i wanted to be a journalist i wanted to be a news person i wanted to be an anchor a reporter a foreign correspondent something like that so i went to the university of winnipeg where i took all the courses that would have been necessary to make me a good news person and that's how i ended up with my history degree uh then i ended up in radio uh, but um, I had no interest in being a long-haired, dope-smoking <laughs> rock and roll DJ. <laughs> so I uh, made a. I, I was offered a job. I was working in Selkirk, Manitoba. Okay. And uh, I got my first full-time job in Kenora. Mm -hmm. And the manager of the station said, "Look, um, I, I know that you want to be a news person, uh, but our news guy is going to quit in about three months." maybe sooner. So what I want you to do is just hang in there, play some records, and uh, when the guy quits, you can have his job. Fantastic. Great. So I went to Kenora for the summer of 1983 and found out that I really kind of preferred doing the playing the records thing. 
And then just before Labor Day, I ended up as a news person. And it turns out I hated it. Uh, it was it was awful. Um, I went through this existential crisis um, because I, you know my whole life had been leading up to me becoming a news person, and it turns out that I hated being a news person. But then, fortunately, I was rescued because earlier that year I had sent a demo tape to an FM rock station in Brandon, okay. and uh, they had turned me down for a job, which is how I ended up in Kenora. But then they suddenly decided that they wanted to hire me for this other gig. So when I got the job, I left town. I left Kenora so fast that uh, my landlord sent uh, the sheriff after me for non-payment of rent. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. So I, I was in Brandon for nine months, and then I was in Winnipeg for two years, and then in 1986, I ended up in, in Toronto. Oh, boy. Uh, That's the year I was born. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <Nice>. thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> No, nice. oh, that's that's a really cool uh, little history. That's sweet, man. Um, so did people call you the professor then, or what? <laughs> no, no one's ever called me that. As a matter of fact, why not? That that seems suitable. Actually, when I, I when I wrote let's this, start, hip, let's this... let's start this. Let's do it right now. Yeah. So going forward, Alan Cross, <laughs> the professor of history of ongoing music 101. Oh, you make that title even longer. Yeah. What's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, like Daenerys from Game of Thrones? Yeah, you know? I know this. <laughs> so you've kind of become a rock star yourself because of this. Would you say that's right? No. I'm no? just a, a nerd that likes music, and I have managed to maintain a, a pretty good job on the radio for all these years. And you're only as good as your last program, and the last, the moment that you start to coast on your past successes uh, and achievements is the moment you start to die. So I never really look back. It's always like, okay, what's coming up next? And that's been the driving force for... Jesus, it's coming up to 40 years. Wow, that's awesome. Good for you. I know. Man. It's, it's insane. A, yeah, that's a good way of looking at it, though. You know, that's great advice for anybody doing who's looking to do anything. You know, just don't sit on the past and expect your past successes to get you through. Uh, like, you know, you got to still work for it. I know so many people in this business that did that, thought that they were indispensable, mm -hmm. thought that they were such a big star that they would never, ever lose their jobs. And uh, a lot of them have. And a lot of them, while not an insignificant number of them, are, are no longer with us because they've they've died. And I'm I'm not going down that route. I just mm. will not. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Good. Yeah, that that actually segues into one of the questions you wrote. Um, Which one? Oh man, where was it? <laughs> um, where the future of radio? Oh yeah, I, I know you had it there somewhere. Go ahead yeah, that's a, that's an interesting one. I mean, radio has been with us in the current form for over 100 years now. Mm -hmm. It is under a lot of competition and pressure from things like podcasting and the Internet and video games and smartphones and tablets and computers and you know, all the different ways we have to pass, pass the time these days. Uh, radio continues to be very powerful, very profitable, very popular, but you can see that there's something... The, the, the end of the road is coming for its, its dominance as a, as a medium. So the industry is going to have to reinvent itself slowly uh, but deliberately away from being this static, one-way, real-time medium that is not customizable by the end user. So we're getting into things like websites with video and text and on-demand programming and podcasting and a variety of other things. 
Um, the big challenge, though, is how to maintain radio's current profitability while investing in new technologies that are, as of yet, unprofitable. So this is this is one of the things that uh, is is occupying the minds of a lot of radio executives these days. How do we protect our current business model while we simultaneously trans uh, transition into a new one? And you know, podcasting very popular, but uh, how much money are you making on your podcast? Ooh, so much! It's big okay. whooping, a big whooping, zero dollars. Yeah, okay, no, ask nothing. me how much money I'm making on my podcast. I, how much? Same amount. Yep. Yeah. I think I listened to a people uh, haven't figured out how to how to monetize things, and even though uh, my podcast has been downloaded almost two million times, uh, it hasn't made a single dime, and that is because the Canadian podcasting industry, such that it is, is five or six years behind what they're doing in the United States, where it's already a two hundred and fifty million dollar business, but here in Canada we just haven't quite cracked that nut yet. Okay, so on. Uh like your website, uh, Journey of Musical Things. Did I get that right? Journal. Journal. A journal. Yes. Yes. Journal. Um, like you do advertising on there, right? Is that how you compensate for oh, some yeah. of that? Oh yeah. I mean, do you know how I, I make enough money to pay for the hosting and uh, <laughs> bandwidth? That's it. Okay. So I think, and I and I have uh, I've shared it with two other people. So I think our annual our annual revenue. I haven't even checked this year. I haven't even bothered. I think our annual revenue is something like. Three thousand dollars, which again is all eaten up. I mean, to uh, for uh, my web hosting, right, yeah. uh, Media Temple, that's seventy bucks a month. Uh, WordPress is another sixty bucks a month, um, and then I have other costs that are, are, are incurred. And it, it, it's it's the website is 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 a calling card. Sure. It is uh, something that. Sh stakes out some territory on the internet and lets everybody know that I exist. And it becomes a means to an end, not uh, the end itself. No, of course not. Yeah. There's one of your dogs that I always see on your pictures. Yeah, that's a uh, Oh, what a there beautiful dog. There we go. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Hey, buddy. It's, uh, it's, it's after 6.30. This is the time of the day when she insists that we go for a walk so she's uh just like are we done the podcast yet? no <laughs> <laughs> just waiting just patiently waiting that is so cool that's a pretty dog yeah um, okay so um, um we should talk about billy talent billy talent oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah how are those guys those oh, they seem i so mean cool. obviously was it ian that worked for you no, ben, it was uh, Ben. Ben, 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 ben yeah. was uh, we we had a storefront studio on Young Street in Toronto, and that's where people came to pick up all their prizes and their concert tickets and so on. And uh, we had a promo department that hired people at ten bucks an hour to man the desks and hand out concert tickets and swag and whatever else. Um, as a sort of an aside job, uh, what these people were supposed to do is keep people from bothering the announcer. So when um, <laughs> when crackheads would come in off the street. Uh, it was up to to little Ben to throw himself in front of the crackhead to protect me. <laughs> uh, go next door to Starbucks and get me coffee when I want it. So one day he, he comes in and he says, "You know, uh, I just wanted to let you know that 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 I'm I'm quitting and I'm I'm taking another job." Mm -hmm. Oh, Ben, really? What are you doing? Says, well, I've got this band and you know we really think we might have a shot at something. Um, so so I'm I'm going to follow my dream and be part of this this rock band. 
And we all looked at him and went, oh, isn't that sweet? Little Ben's going to be in his rock bag and follow his rock star dreams. Good luck, buddy. I yeah. hope you do well. We'll see you when you get back here and you want your $10 an hour job back. Yeah. Uh, okay, we we made the wrong call on that one. <laughs> well, uh, I, I, it's good because they, they are awesome. I've seen them a handful of times myself. And mm-hmm. always, a good, always a good show. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it was, uh, was it the drummer for uh, Our Lady Peace that handed you a demo as well and that you uh, ignored? or what, what Yeah, it was funny. On, on Monday night, I was, uh, this this past Monday night, June the 18th, I was at the uh, the SOCAN Awards, uh, right. which are, uh, it's a big event, uh, put on by the uh, Performing Arts Society, Performing mm-hmm. Arts Organization of Canada, SOCAN. And Our Lady Peace was getting a an award um, for lifetime achievement or something along those lines, and they asked me to do the little speech before they they accepted the award. And I told a story about how back in 1980 or 1995, uh, this kid with geeky glasses comes in and hands me a demo, and says, uh, uh, "I'd like you to listen to my band. Uh, I think we're going to do okay." Uh, yeah, sure, kid. Uh, give it a take <laughs> later. And it wasn't until oh, we're having some technical difficulties. Um, so that was kind of cool. It's it's you know when you're around for a long time, you get to see bands. Um, come on the scene, emerge, blow up, and become these these magnificent performers. And you kind of, it's fun to be have to have been able to go along for the ride with with a lot of these things. Uh, Billy Town would be an example. Our Lady Peace would be another. Uh, I Mother Earth. Uh, a lot of bands from the '90s that uh, still very fond of that are still around in some way or another. Matt Good, he's another guy. Oh really? Uh, yeah, that I keep in contact with all the time. That's and then some international bands. Um, you know, um, I've, I, I lost count how many times I've interviewed Noel Gallagher. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I was I was there when they were just playing their first shows in Toronto in 1990. Well, it be early. It was either late 93 or early 94 oh, at Lee's cool. Palace in Toronto. Um, okay. So it, it's 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 been it's been it's been gratifying. Oh, that's, that's awesome. really cool. Um, so you know, like we're we're a band in southern Manitoba. We don't have a lot of uh, areas to expand our music abilities. Um, what what is one recommendation that you could give us to take a next step, or what what is something that you you always see that like you would like to say like guys do this or whatever. Uh, play live as often as you possibly can, and even if it's in front of two people, uh, mm. an audience will <laughs> an audience will give you real time feedback. They will tell you the truth mm. in real time, and that's that's really what you need. The more you play live in front of people who are not your friends, who are strangers, mm-hmm. the better you'll become. After a while, you will be able to transcend geography with things like social media and. Uh, I know how tough it is being in that part of the world because you're a million miles from nowhere. I mean, 500 <laughs> miles west, it's Regina. 500 miles south, it's Minneapolis. 500 miles east, it's Thunder Bay. 500 miles north, it's Churchill. I mean, really, you're in the middle of nowhere. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's it's extremely hard to, uh, to gain any kind of a following uh, unless you're willing to do a lot of time on the road. So 
in your general area, play as many shows as you possibly can. You know, house parties, field parties, doesn't matter. And then start getting into Winnipeg where you're going to get some more attention. And then if you can establish a following there, well, uh, put it this way. Uh, Nickelback is from Hannah, Alberta, which is a town of 3,000 people in the, you know, just <laughs> a way right. away from Calgary. If they can do it, you know, a lot, anybody can. The, yeah, the, I mean, coming from a small town should is not the um, the crutch is not the handicap that it used to be. Yeah. 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 Okay. No, absolutely. Um, this is an odd one. If if you could listen to one genre uh, for I guess the rest of, of your life, which one would that be? Is there one that you would could pick and be like, you probably, know what, I'll be good. Probably not. That would be rather difficult because. I probably okay. Hang on. If I <laughs> right now today, uh, I'm I'm in uh, on a, on a British thing. So if uh, contemporary British alt rock is oh, is yeah. currently what I like the most, but that doesn't mean it's going to stay that way for any length of time. So like, what band particularly I've been listening to a lot? Uh, there's, there's a bunch of new bands out right now. There's one called Shame. There's another one called Spring King. There's another band called. Uh, Cabbage, who are from um, uh, Manchester. There's quite a few young rock bands uh, that, that I'm out of the UK that I'm quite enjoying. That's awesome. I always love that there's still always rock bands emerging throughout all the electronic music and, and hip-hop and all that stuff. I mean, that all has its place too, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. That's, yeah, cool. Um, another another thing. This is another odd one. Um, if you were stranded on an island, what three things would you take with you? Things or, or albums? Oh, well, I didn't even think of that. Do albums I, do I have, like, let's let's do stick I have, to music. Let's stick with albums. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Three albums. Let's do that. And then let's assume that I have enough electricity to play them. <laughs> yeah. uh, Nine Inch Nails, Pretty Hate Machine. Okay. Uh, the Who's Who's Next. And first Stone Roses album. Wow, Doesn't, wow, that even take didn't take that long. That no, have you, have you thought about this before? <laughs> yeah, I, I have thought about it before, and people have. Um, so I had a plenty of time to think about it, and that's I I distilled that list down pretty carefully. <laughs> well, that's, that's good. Um, and uh, for our podcast, do you have any pointers? Like we're we're trying, we're having a lot of fun with it. We're a lot of our podcast is just us laughing because we're just being very goofy and we're not we're not sticking to a very strict schedule. Do you think we should stick to something more strict? Do you think? Well, uh, there are some best practices with podcasts that we've discovered over the last uh, couple of years. First of all, the best length for a podcast seems to be about 30 minutes. And the reason we say that is because that's the length of an average commute and that's how long it takes most people to run 5K. And you okay. want to have you want to be able to have somebody listen to your podcast front to back, and not drop out anywhere along the way. If you have it longer than thirty minutes, the amount of a dropout uh, increases substantially. Hmm. The other thing is you got to do something regularly. Uh, once a week is probably a lot for for most people, um, and you're in, you're competing with a lot of other podcasts out there. So if you don't release on a regular schedule you tend tend to end up uh annoying 
any listener base that you might have because they never know when they're going to get something from right. you. So try to make it as regular as possible. Those are the two things. 30 minutes max uh, and um, a regular release schedule. Sweet. Even if it's just once a week. Yeah, that's what we've been doing every Monday. So this, this episode will air uh, this coming Monday. So that's good. I guess we're kind of nailing that. The half an hour thing seems to be very difficult for us. We always ramble on for about an hour. Yeah, see, that's that's an issue. Uh, and, and there are a lot of podcasts that, that I subscribe to that go on for an hour, hour and a half, two hours. Uh, there's one that goes for three hours, and I never get through it. And the yeah. reason I never get through it is because i got a lot of other podcasts and audiobooks that, and music that I want to listen to. Sure. So if you think that I'm going to reserve three hours of my time for your podcast, forget it. I mm-hmm. just don't have the time. Yeah. And I think a lot of other people are in the same boat. Well, it's, And it's hard to, to pay attention that long to something when, when you are doing nothing, quote-unquote, like even if you're checking emails and stuff and you're listening to something, but for three hours, that's just brutal. Um, it, it is brutal. Yeah. yeah. Do you read, do you read a lot? Alan? I do. Um, mostly online now or on my tablet. I do have a pile of books right here. These, uh, here's a, well, these books came in this week. Awesome. So I'm going to have to get to those at some point. <laughs> Do you read mainly uh, like biographies and history on, on uh, anything that's anything that that I find interesting? It could be any number of things, actually. Okay, what's your favorite book, or something you reread often? Um, there is a book. Can't see here, but I've got a big library. There is a book called Perfecting Sound Forever, which was a history of. Um, audio recording and audio um and audio formats and it was it was it was fascinating and uh it it was it was such a good book that i didn't want it to end that's awesome that's pretty cool i'm gonna look that one up because that sounds interesting uh what was your favorite album of in the past year i guess 2018 2017 i guess something uh See, here's the problem. I don't have a lot of time to spend with one individual record because music comes at me so quickly mm-hmm. and with such ferocity that I have very little time to develop an affinity for an entire album. To do this properly, you have to live with a record for a number of days or weeks or months before you realize that it's it, it's it's one of your favorites. And one of the, the disadvantages of what I do is that because I have so much to listen to, I don't have a lot of time to learn to love albums as much as I used to. It's just, uh, it, it's just, it's just, it's 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 an occupational hazard, really. Um, and I, you know, I'm always working, but I, it always you can't listen to uh, music 24 hours a day, seven days a week, or at least I can't because yeah. my brain gets tired mm-hmm. and I lose the ability to think critically or the ability to critique something because it's it after a while just becomes noise and that's bad that's really really bad you just start to drown it out at that point and then you can't really let it soak in yeah that makes sense so is there one album or maybe even a band that you go back to every once in a while that you're like oh i remember that that was pretty good i'm gonna try that oh yeah i mean there's a lot of stuff uh um from from my youth i mean every generation believes that the 
music of their youth is the greatest music of all time. And um, um, I, I always go back to the stuff that I was growing up listening to when I was in, in Manitoba, you know, in the late 70s and early 80s, uh, when City FM was with this giant 360,000 watt radio station that everybody listened to because it was the first real FM rock station that the city had. And so there's a lot of stuff that is uh, just, you know, lodged in my mind from back then. So when the CRTC came in, did the content change a whole lot while you were listening? Uh, what do you mean? Uh, like the Canadian content, maybe I got the... Yeah, that... that that was actually enacted in 1971. Okay. Oh, it is so, that long already. Okay. Yeah, it was uh, yeah, January 1971. Um, so uh, I grew up um, in the CanCon era, and I didn't know any difference. <laughs> uh, Fair enough. Because the, the the rules had always been in place. Sure. Oh, that's cool. Um, punk rock. I know you talk about it a lot, but are you a, are you a fan? Yes, uh, there's a band out of L.A. right now called Fiddler, F I D L A R. I think they are awesome. Cool. Uh, I've been in contact. Out. Oh man, they're good. Uh, I think they are 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 brilliant. That's awesome. I'm gonna yeah, I'm definitely gonna check that out. Yeah, they um, they, they they have a song called Alcohol, <laughs> uh, and it is. It's good. It's really good. <laughs> I'm huh. looking forward to that. Uh, Flatliners, they're from Toronto, right? Yeah, I know the Flats pretty well. They yeah. were on tour recently and had to cancel something because of a medical emergency in the family. Um, oh. Flats are a great band. You know, they should be um, they should be a lot bigger than they are. I agree. I got to see them open for Weezer when they came through Winnipeg, and I was blown away. I had not seen them before, and it just they they blew me away. I thought they were great. Yeah. Now they they were touring South America, I think, recently, but uh, uh yeah, it might have been, yeah. Yeah. Man, that's cool. Uh did you happen to catch Goldfinger's new album? I uh no, not the new album. Um and there's a reason for that. Uh Darren Pfeiffer, the, the drummer hmm. from who was with Goldfinger for years and years and years, uh he used to work for me and when I was the program what? director. Yeah, yeah. Darren moved married Darren Married a woman from Canada, moved uh, moved up this way, and uh, he was uh, an announcer on 102.1 The Edge for a while. I hired him to be an announcer. So I know Darren really, really well. He's down in L.A. right now, does a blog for the L.A. Kings, and does some management and um, road management for a bunch of bands. So, uh, so I was I was a big fan of, of, of Goldfinger, and, and you know Darren told me all the stories, most of which I cannot repeat. Yeah. So does uh, he really have a coconut ass? Uh, he is really quite. There's a couple of things that he regrets. That's one of them, and the Twinkie. He uh, <laughs> he, he would rather forget the Twinkie thing. Of course, of course. Um, I know he wasn't on the new album, but I think you should check it out. That's that's probably my favorite album of 2017. It it was ridiculously good. Yep. I agree. Yeah, that was that's, good. That's my recommendation. But. <laughs> cool. We're coming up on uh, 30 minutes here. I think. Do you have time for one more question? Sure, go ahead. Uh, you had tweeted, uh, oh man, I don't know when, but uh, something about the music or hit songs becoming less diverse. You want to elaborate on that? 
Yeah, one of the things that we have to be very careful about is that things like streaming are changing the way music is composed. That's because something like 30% of people will skip a song in the first five seconds if they don't recognize it. Mm. So what composers are doing is that they're loading up songs to hit you hard right off the top. So uh, the choruses maybe start first, maybe you've got five or six hooks in the first 30 seconds. You don't have big, long intros like we used to with some songs. Uh, intro time has gone from, I think, 17 seconds down to an average of five seconds now. So there's, um, there's, there's a lot of... Um, there's there's a lot of, of things that technology is forcing upon music, and it's not all good. Mm -hmm. um, hopefully, we'll see. The problem is that we have such a short attention span right now because even if we skip a song, we know that there's 35 million other songs that are following right behind it. Oh, yeah. yeah. So the goal, too, is on Spotify and all the other streaming music services is that the artist does not get paid until 31 seconds elapse. So the trick is to keep everybody's attention for 31 seconds. And you can see where that kind of problem would lead. Yep. In the past, you know, you have a Pink Floyd song or a Who song with a really long intro. And you might go two minutes before the vocals show up. Mm -hmm. uh, can't do that much anymore, especially with pop songs, because people want to hear the hook and get into the, the chorus as quickly as possible. Well, speaking of Pink Floyd, I was listening to Wish You Were Here yesterday. And I was actually... I guess dissecting the song without thinking about it, but I was blown away by by how little bit of of the time the lyrics take up. There's so little vocals yeah. in that song. It's all just instrumental. Yeah, well, yeah, a lot of it is. Yeah, so I I get that, and I and I get like when you listen to new songs, like within five seconds somebody starts singing already, and it's it has changed a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, I guess uh, that's our time with you, Alan. Do you have any plugs that you want to plug in here? No, just uh, check out my website, journalofmusicalthings.com, when you're so inclined. And uh, spread the word on the podcast as much as you possibly can, because even though I make no money from it, it's kind of nice to see those traffic numbers go up. <laughs> yeah, That's awesome. <laughs> well, you're doing a great job. It's, it's absolutely amazing. Well, thank you. Yeah, we... Uh, we love you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with your podcast. Good luck with your... What's your band called? Monochromatics. Okay. Good luck with that. And um, let me know if that actually pans out for you. <laughs> <laughs> we will. All okay. Right. okay. Thanks, Alex. everybody, for listening. And don't forget to hit uh, subscribe and like and comment if you feel so inclined. See you. Bye. See ya.